Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the world of franchise with an amazing coffee brand, Big B Coffee. Uh, their co-CEO, Mike McFall, is on. I can't even wait for you to meet him. And he has an amazing book called Grind. You guys are going to learn all about that, all around the business. Some amazing like entrepreneurial lessons learned. Um, so a lot to unpack in the next 20 or 30 minutes. Um, but join me in welcoming Mike to the podcast. Mike, it's so great to have you here with us today. Great to be here, Justin. Thank you. Man, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, I know we had this scheduled a couple weeks ago, and I had a chance to like dive into you and your like your book and some of your concepts and your background. It's just so fun. I can't even wait to unpack that this morning. Um, but let's do this first. Um, share a little bit of your story at Big B Coffee and give our audience also a view of what Big B's all about. Sure. We are a, you know, we're a, we're a franchised coffee concept, uh, retail coffee concept out of East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, my, my story, you know, I go all the way back to starting as a barista in our first store. So I, I did the morning shift every single, uh, Monday through Friday and I got up and, and, you know, what happened to me is I frankly fell in love with the business. I fell in love with making people happy every morning, uh, engaging the customers and, you know, it really evolved from there. Uh, and, you know, it's been 26 years now. So uh, <laughs> we, we've been at it. We've been at it a long time, but yeah, I did start as a barista uh, in store one. I, I, I like to think that I've done pretty much every, every job, uh, you know, in the, in the company, uh, from, from barista through now to uh, co-CEO with my partner, uh, Bob Fish. Yeah. I love that. So when I was researching you and, and learning more about you, you know, I, I, I do this before every podcast. I do my preparation, of course, to get to know the person a bit, um, with what I can find. It's so funny. Like you were the barista, then the assistant manager, then the manager, and then director of operations then the president and the co-CEO. It's like, Oh my God, that's so cool. So, um, and for those that don't know, Big B Coffee, third largest coffee franchise in the U.S., which I think is amazing. So uh, share with us a bit about, let's talk Big B first, and we'll get into some of your other really cool leadership content, but talk about what's driven the growth over time and what's your growth model? Well, we, you know, we are a franchise uh, concept. So we sign contracts with uh, local owners uh, in their marketplaces to develop the brand uh, in their market. And, and to me, it's, it's, you know, the great business model uh, for retail. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's uh, so, so we've been, what we do is we assist people in uh, opening businesses and support them in the development of their business. And it's a, it's a different mindset than, you know, actually being, let's say a retailer. And so, you know, we, we have transitioned, we were retailers, of course, uh, we had built our own stores. Uh, and then over time, uh, we did uh, transition into becoming a hundred percent franchised. Um, we had a, a intimate relationship with Fred DeLuca at the Subway Sandwich Shop franchise, uh, the founder of that. And you know, he really coached us through, uh, all of the thinking about becoming a, a franchise. And so, you know, we love being a franchise. Uh, our purpose is to support you 
you in building a life that you love. And we get to do that through our business model and, you know, many other ways too. But, you know, we've done, we've done really well. Um, I'm very happy with where the business is today, but uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. We're 26 years in and I feel like we're just getting started. I don't know. I looked at your growth last year over the last, what, two years over 25, 30%. It's amazing. What talk about what makes you guys unique and differentiate or talk about your products and whatnot. Well, you know, we we've always been been very very focused on our consumer and and not necessarily uh, what the world thinks we should be. And I think it's, <laughs> that's I think, interesting. Well, it's just a, there's a quick story. You know, we uh, when we originally opened, uh, we were a traditional Italian style espresso bar, and you know, on the left hand side menu board, which is the powerful menu board in in the QSR concept. Uh, you know, we had all the, the traditions, right? We had the cappuccino, the latte, the uh, the americano, the macchiato, and so on. And pretty quickly, we realized that the majority of our revenue is being generated off what we lovingly refer to as sweet bomb lattes, right? Which, which is the latte with caramel and whipped cream Yum. and, and uh, you know, and sprinkles <laughs> on top. Love and, it. and so uh, we made the decision pretty early on in the business uh, to make, uh, to move our, the menu board from, uh, I think it was third from the left, from the left. And we put it all the way to the left and we really focused on that. And we focused on selling these sweet bomb lattes. And I think that was a huge, differentiator for us. I think it still is a differentiator for us today. Uh, we aren't trying to be some affected Italian uh, espresso bar here in the United States. We're, we're an American right. espresso bar, right? <laughs> Love and it. what that means is, is we sell these sweet bomb lattes and we figured that out pretty early. Uh, wow. And I think it's what one of the things that we rode uh, for you know 20 years. That's really, really cool. And interesting to, to hear the story of how you narrowed the focus and, and found what you're you know really going to be best at. As you talk about the franchise process, we've had other franchise leaders on um, in the past. And I always love to hear the story of how do you guys select franchisees and what do you look for in terms of growth? Well, you know, the franchise model is interesting. Um, and, you know, we are, uh, we, we, wait for people to approach us essentially. Um, and, you know, but the, 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 the fundamental issue on franchising is franchise concepts don't work if the retail units don't work. Right. Uh, and so totally. you have to be a hundred percent focused on the retail, the retail application working for the franchise owner. And if the, if the retail uh, application works, then the, the franchise uh, itself will work. And, and there's no tricks to that, <laughs> right? Like totally. you have got to make those businesses profitable and you have to have uh, franchise owners who are, uh, you know, super happy with the business uh, and talk about the business in a positive way or the business just you know, fundamentally just won't work. Wow. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. Now, and how do you guys think about innovation, new products and whatnot? How, how, what's your thinking on that? Well, you know, we, we try to pay attention to what's going on in the world, right? And, and innovation uh, to me is about um, not being like, like I would say the sweet bomb latte thing was innovative. Uh, in the industry. And, and everyone else had this sort of static way of thinking about the menu uh, in our concept, uh, which was, you know, the, the coffee shop business. And we came along and said, no, like, look, everybody's buying these. <laughs> like, it doesn't <laughs> right. take a rocket scientist to figure out, but, but in the end, it was quite innovative uh, in the industry to, to go after um, that product. And, you know, I think one of the strongest components of being a franchise system is that you have franchise owners who are out in the stores every single day, taking care of the customer and bringing us feedback in relation to what the customer is buying sure, uh, and what the customer is interested in. And so that 
that that to me is uh, helps with innovation. You know, everybody talks about McDonald's and you know the, uh, some of the greatest products that McDonald's ever brought to market were all brought by franchise owners. Totally. And, and so, and we had you know you've got you know we had two hundred uh, owners out there every single day who are smart, bright, talented people thinking about how to grow the business, and they bring us all kinds of innovative ideas. I mean, so many innovative ideas. It's you know it's almost hard to process. Wow. And again, that's one of the great powerful. Uh, parts of being a franchise business. Model. That's really, really cool. And then um, before we shift over to your book, talk about just what the last year has looked like for you guys, you know, getting through COVID and things have opened back up. Like how, how did you guys manage through that? Um, what did that look like? Well, COVID, uh, you know, we are going to be one of the, one of the great success stories coming out of COVID. There's no doubt about wow. that. I mean, we had a, we had a rough moment for about six weeks, uh, when we weren't sure, you know, when, well, when well nobody, nobody was, was sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and, and then, um, and then we were allowed to stay open, uh, by our governor and, uh, and, you know, from that point forward, coffee became a, a comfort item for people. So people would go out and they would go grocery shopping and they would take, you know, seven minutes to spin through the drive-through at Bigby and have like, you know, just a few, few moments of normal. Uh, and totally. so we, we really watched our revenue, um, uh, increase and, and by, let's see, by end of May, we were seeing 20, 25% year over year growth. Wow. And then by the fall, we were in, you know, the 30 to 40% rate. Crazy. Rate. So, it's crazy. Uh, it was, it was, wow. it was unbelievable. And, and, and so, and then, you know, the number of people who are, are signing up to become franchise owners for us is just staggering right now. Wow. We have to be one of the highest growth rate franchises in the country. We have 263 stores open with 150 stores under contract. Oh, wow. Developed. That's almost double. Yeah. Like if you think about it, like it's almost that's double crazy. 50% or whatnot. It's huge. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy and awesome, you know? And, yeah. and, and, but the beauty of our business model is so many of those are existing franchise owners are building uh, oh, the additional locations. Store. Got it. And yeah. they're experienced, right? They yeah. know what they're doing. Totally. Uh, you know, if we had to open 150 units with brand new franchise owners, a lot to learn. Struggle. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. Wow. So exciting. Um, and, and man, I, I love the story. I can't wait. And, and by the way, we're going to, got to have you back on down the road, especially with your growth. You'll, I know you'll have more stories to share with us. Um, so let's shift over a bit. Um, for those that don't know, I, uh, I love the, I love the title of the book, Mike, um, grind. Uh, I mean, that part makes sense. Um, a no bullshit approach to take your business from concept to cash flow. Um, Let's talk about the book for a few moments, if, if you don't mind. Talk about this and or this. I'm guessing this came from your experience um, at Bigby. I certainly did. And, and you know what I what I tried to do with this book was, uh, you know, I, I read I read in the entrepreneurship space a ton, and and you know I found that most books are written by either one of two categories of people. One is the you know uber successful. Uh, entrepreneur who right. has a nine-figure net worth and flying around on a private plane, <laughs> right? And and, and, they, and they're entertaining Funny. stories, right? Sure. And they're looking back at startup through rose-colored glasses, and you know, uh, good for them. Um, <laughs> how much value do they bring to the table? I don't find a ton, right? Right. Uh, and then the other one is is academics who are studying entrepreneurs, but have never frankly done it, and right. you know, there's value there too. But what I tried to do is I tried to write a book. Uh, you know, based on the perspective of a guy who does it every single day. And that's what I do is I, I assist people in opening businesses. And, I love it. you know, I see what personality traits, I see the things what, that our successful franchise owners are doing. And I see the the stuff that the people who struggle are doing. Totally. And I try to write a book and, and tell that story. 
I love it. So let's dive in a bit. Uh, man, by the way, I love the, the, I mean, gosh, a lot of great reviews on the book on, on Amazon. Um, let's, I'm going to pull out just a couple of the uh, factors here that you talk about in terms of, of finding success. And if you don't mind unpacking those for us, but let's just start with uh, the first one, which I think is super important due diligence. Help us with understanding your approach to that. Yeah, right. I've, I've, right. I've never, I've never heard anybody take my my stance on. on I it, can't right? wait so to hear this one. It's it's uh, so everybody talks about due diligence, and, right? You know, there's this laundry list of things that you have to do uh, when you're approaching a business, and you know, it has to do with size of market, uh, you know, customer profile, demographics, uh, you know, all, all the stuff that you you would think. Uh, but there's one piece always missing, and that is, are you have you done your due diligence? on yourself. Oh, mic drop. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. And talk so, about but, but that. I can't though. wait to hear that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, keep going. I, I mean, think I know where you're going, but I can't wait to hear this. 80, uh, you know, 80, 85, 90% of the success of your business is on you. And, and so are you the type of person that's going to show up to your business and meet your business where your business needs to be met every single day in order to make the business successful? And, and I find that people um, don't think about how important they are, them, their mentality is, their preparedness, their dedication to dependability, their enthusiasm is to the success of the business. And, and to me, it's absolutely fundamental and core. I love that. And, and do you find people, are you able to see that in people? Like, when, especially as you're evaluating new franchise operators, I mean, are, are you able to see those that are like kind of have done their own self-evaluation versus those that haven't? No, <laughs> I wish. I, I mean, you know, you, you'd have to be like a, you know, world-class <laughs> psychotherapist. I, the, the, you know, but, but I, I'm starting to understand uh, better in, 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 you know, just meeting somebody you don't know because everybody talks a big game. Everybody. Of course. Everybody's going to be dedicated. Everybody's going to be dependable. Everybody's going to show you know, be fired up. But but in the end, the proof's in the pudding on totally. That. And you know, I'll never forget a, a franchise owner. Um, I I this way back in the day, and I and I had helped open his first store. Um, he ended up with a couple, but it, it ended up not working in the end for him. But I, I'll never forget calling him like five days after the uh, store to open. How's and, it going? You know, I, yeah, well, and I'd asked him, I, you know, I'd asked him, I said, hey, you know, uh, ask him something pretty simple or fundamental about what was happening in the store. And he said, well, Mike, I um, uh, I'm up north with my family. Uh, this is a weekend we take every year to go. Uh, you know, <laughs> Not a good sign. It, right. I love no, the store. Hopefully it's doing okay down there. Yeah. I, I hope everything's all right back there. You know, it's been oh, open God. for five days and you know, that's just a pretty extreme example of somebody who you know just did not have the right mindset. Uh, you know, I, I tell people, if you aren't going to be the most dedicated and dependable person in your business for the first, you know, five, seven, 10 years, don't get started. Man, that's great advice right there. I love that. I mean, and you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs on um, on our show, and we hear similar stories. Um, you know, some very r- rarely is it overnight success, but usually, especially. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I mean, there's a couple. I mean, I've like yeah. I told you before we hit record. You know, we're close to 400 episodes. I, there's there are maybe uh, in that number two or three that were like you know hit hit it right away with something. Um, yeah, but go but buy most, a lottery ticket. Yeah, right? but most like, others. You know that- 
That's like our product took a year and a half to get together or two years. Like people are thinking two years. I mean, I need to make money now. You know, it's anyway. Um, Okay. I'm going to keep rolling here. Talk about another chapter in the book, by the way. Um, The best advertising money can't buy. You got to share that one with us. Well, I love this concept. And I write a whole section in here about the fact that your customer needs to be you need to have the feeling for your customer like you had with your first crush. Ooh. You know, when you're in elementary school and you've got your first crush and like you pay attention to that person like they're the most important thing in the world. You watch every little movement, every little eye contact, every little word that's being said. And, and the point there is, is that in order to be successful in a startup, you have to be be so hyper-focused on what's happening for your customer right. so that you can take care of them in a way that they will go promote you to others. The most powerful mechanism for advertising, promoting your business is when your customer will endorse you with others. Mm, I love that. When your friend tells you, Justin, hey, have you been to this uh, have you tried this application on your phone? Have you been to this restaurant? Have you? There is a high degree of likelihood that you're going to try it. And so when you take care of your customer in such a way that they're willing to promote you to their friends and family, that is the most uh, powerful advertising that money cannot buy. Totally agree. So are there techniques that you suggest to, to do that? Are there best practices? Are there mechanisms? You know what I mean? Like maybe things yeah. you've seen that really work in your, in your business. Yeah. I mean, I, I talk about it in the book. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that I would do to people is I would say to you, you know, Justin, um, I, I know that, uh, I know that you love me and you love my business, right? Right. Okay. So right there you have the endorsement and, and you say, you know, Justin, I'm working really hard at this business and I would really appreciate it if you would promote my business to other people that you know. Oh, I like that. And actually, actually engage the customer, ask the customer to help promote you. And so many people are, are, are like wallflowers who aren't willing to do that. And I just don't understand. Why you not know, ask, especially if they love your brand. Hey, exactly. let, let them be part of the, the message out to the market, right? Yeah. And if you aren't, if, if you as the entrepreneur aren't comfortable that the answer to that question is going to be yes, then you better work on your business because that's what you need in order to be successful is for that customer to say, yeah, Mike, I love your business. Hey, Mike, I read your book and I, I, I love the messages. That's really cool. I love that. That's a great one. Yeah. And, you know, I think we talk about that. A lot of companies talk about leveraging, you know, the power of those uh, people that are, that are passionate about your brand, but many don't act on that. I, th- I think you're right. I think and it, it's real powerful to ask people to help you. And, and people and, like and to help others. Be, I think more people it, like to help others than not, right? I mean, that's the yeah, reality. I agree with that. Agree with that 100%. Okay. Um, wow, this is so fun. You know, but for those listening, like, this is why I love doing these podcasts. Like, you just don't know where it's going to go. It's so awesome. Um, so, okay, and we're going to do one more here, and then we're going to talk about your program at, at the University of Michigan. Um Here's the the, chap, the last chapter I wanted to pull out. Be consistently, perfectly committed. So be consistently, comma, perfectly committed. So unpack this one for us. 
Well, you know, at, to me, the consumer deserves the respect that you are going to show up and do exactly what you're going to do every single time. And, and, and if you don't, then you are not going to end up with consumers who are willing to say, yeah, I love your company, Mike. Like, I, you know, I love what you guys do. You're amazing. I used to, I called it the um, 300 second rule. And Ooh, what I would do oh, okay. in, the, in the stores was I would always turn the open sign on 300 seconds before opening. Okay. I wanted to be there. If somebody showed up a couple minutes early, uh, I wanted to be open, lights on, music rocking, coffee ready to roll so that they could walk in and be greeted the way that I needed to greet them and be treated the way I needed to treat them. And I would always do a huge countdown, right? So the other people I was working with in the store would know it was coming. And so that, that's an example of consistency and, and sort of an obsession with consistency. And, and if you can't do that, if that isn't your approach, you know, I, I would worry about you. If, if you aren't that obsessed with the detail, if you aren't that obsessed with performance, uh, you know, I t- one of the things I talk about is, is, is you have to be, uh, you have to be aggressive with execution and patient with results. Wow. And, and, and that's aggressive with ex- execution means showing up and opening your store exactly 300 seconds before opening every <laughs> single day. I love that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I like that. 300 seconds. It's so how intense, did you figure you know, out how did you figure out why was it going to be 300 seconds? It's 5 minutes. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> just, I got that. It, I did the math. <laughs> it's just a, it's an easier way. I mean, I wanted to I wanted to make it a number of seconds so it would be on the second I like, like not on the minute, it's you so know. Funny. And so I'd be standing over the open sign ready to open, you know, ready to click it on at 300 seconds uh before open. And you know, it it, it became a game uh and you know, I think <laughs> That level of intensity is what has really propelled our brand and propelled our organization over the years. That's pretty uh, and, funny. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't have been cool if it was like 240 seconds. You know what I mean? Or, <laughs> right. like, or you know what I mean? Like, it just would have been, I don't know, a 300 nice round number in five minutes. I love that. I always like when places open a little early. You know what I mean? When you're there and the door Absolutely. opens early, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. I'm in. I'm in early. Well, especially um, in the morning. It, you know, oh, it's totally. five o'clock in the People morning. Like you want to. Yeah, they want to get in there. Grind a bolt, no bullshit approach. Take your business from concept to cash flow. You can get it all over the place. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Indiebound. You can go to grindthebook.com. Um, all right, last but not least, Mike, let's talk about your work at the University of Michigan. I think this is pretty cool. Obviously, you're there in Ann Arbor. Go blue. Um, talk about your program. I think this is so cool. Find your venture. Well, yeah. So I, I'm real fortunate. Um, I co-teach with another gentleman named Brian Hayden. Uh, he created the class, and uh, and it's really uh, it's really a powerful, powerful process that he, we, you know, that we put the students through. Uh, you know, he, what happened was is is he had a co-teacher um, up until I joined who who had to move on, and then he read my book and he he approached me and just said, "Hey, I, I need this voice in my classroom. You know, I love, love this." That. And so I've been doing it with him. Uh, and what we do is. We have the students go through a, a process where they have to interview people, they have to develop pain points, then they have to develop a, uh, a business uh, a solution uh, to, to the pain point, and then they have to, to develop a, a business uh, uh, plan and, and launch a launch plan for that business. And, and, but the really critical part of this whole thing is, is that we are 100% focused on solving the problem. And, and so many people 
think about entrepreneurship and and product development as hey let's 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 come up with that next innovative thing that nobody else has thought of right that it's totally. going to hit the marketplace and everybody's going to tackle it and buy it. and i call it the myth of the million dollar idea that everybody's <laughs> focused on the million dollar right. idea and 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 those you know as you said those don't come along that often right they they really don't and and they they really frankly only come from people who are already immersed in the business or totally. in the industry and so on. Right. So, so anyway, the, the, the concept here is, is we do B2B only. Uh, we're not doing You know, we're not doing consumer uh, facing product. It's oh, B2B, interesting. Okay. And it's, it's always focused on uh, uh, solving the problem. How are you going to solve the problem that, that exists out there problem. for? Interesting. Yeah, a B2B problem. And then, of course, we talk about scale, right? I mean, you don't want to solve a, a B2B problem, you know, to a, a niche industry. You want to solve a B2B problem uh, to, you know, the, some manager that is in, you know, every Fortune 500 company in America. And, totally. and so it's it's just a really, really cool process. And I'll tell you what. Uh, every time I go to these classes, I'm so inspired by the students and what they bring to the table. It is, you know, I, I don't worry about the future when I'm hanging out with, with, these, <laughs> with these kids. Yeah, I, I don't. You know what? I, and that's actually a great lesson in itself. I mean, for those out there that are entrepreneurs, I mean, like get involved in, in helping teaching. Go back and, and do some teaching at college. I mean, there's so many craving students that want to learn from you. You know what I mean? Like they're just eager to learn. Yeah. They are, and then they're sharp, and you know they got a lot of cool things going on in the world, and and uh, it's really awesome. That's great, I love it, man. This has been so much fun. Gosh, we talked Big B, we talked your book grind, now we talked your work at UM. Share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, learn more, etc. Yeah, Michael McFall. Uh, you know, social media. I think I think the stuff is Mike J McFall. Uh, you know, that that's pretty pretty simple, pretty easy. Always email Mike at BigB.com is another way to reach out to me. Uh, and then GrindTheBook.com is is where uh, Grind is is uh, is located. You know, I'm working on book two right oh, now. Wow. I'm excited about it. Um, getting close. I should be done. What's going to be, done be any any preview for us? What that's going to be focused on? Yeah, it's going to be okay. So, so here's the uh, here's my 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 concept. Book one is from concept to the, you know your your first day of cash flow. Yeah. Book two is from uh, your first day of cash flow to sustainability. Oh. Okay. And then book three is from sustainability to legacy. Oh. Mic drop. That's the one I'm really excited about. <laughs> you're like writing the second one, but most excited about the next one. That's funny. It's true. Oh, that's cool. Well, I, man, this has been so fun. You got, like I said, we got lots to talk about. Um, so we definitely have to get you back on um, as, as you grow the business, as you get the next book ready and whatnot. So, man, it's been so much fun having you on today. And, um, man, I, I wish you the best. I'm excited for the runway and the, the path in front of you. Thanks, Justin. This has been a great interview. I can tell you've done this 400 times. (laughs) I love it, man. Thanks for being here. All right. Yeah, thank you. The ContenderCast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.